You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit Credit card rewards? Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello, and welcome to Triviality. The game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. And a shocking amount of enthusiasm from Ken. Yeah. It's it's a little early for me still, but I'm I'm trying to trying to pull in the enthusiasm on this show. How you doing, Neil? How you doing, Jeff? Doing all right. Jeff uh, came in today, uh, as Ken noted, uh, didn't say hello to any of us. Nope. Just, just said coffee. 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 <laughs> and Matt, how you doing out there in, in sunny LA? Uh, it's beautiful out here. Yeah, it's one it's one degree in Chicago right now, so it's only 70 degrees warmer, so. Mm. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I'm jealous. I'm going to be uh, seeing Matt tomorrow. I'm going to be flying out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh, really? I am, yeah. You, you crashing on his uh, air mattress? or? I'm going to crash on the uh, on the balcony. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds yeah. great. Set up a little tent out there. A little tent. Charging next time. I know, right? I noticed you're rubbing your shoulder and your arm a little bit. What's going on? Yeah, well, um, I've been kind of sore, so I, I'm supposed to be getting massages every once in a while for uh, for migraines, and I, I don't do it as often as I need to. I got one maybe four or five months ago. Do you guys get massages at all? all right, I got my first massage ever about a month ago. It was a month ago, so yeah. um, I don't I don't mind massages; they're fine. I mean, uh, other than the the normal awkward things that you have, sort of the you know them taking out the the lotion, we have like and then like them putting on their hands or like. And then they finally like you know massage you, and then they breathe really heavy in your ear. Uh, I won't what do that. What massages are you getting, Neil? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're you know they they're very into yeah exactly. Jeff knows, but um, I will say though, I don't think there's anything maybe more stressful than the one or two minutes that they give you when they say just get undressed. I'll be back in a minute or two. I'll knock and then just relax. I'll be back in. And you have to hurry up. And then they close the door. Yeah, you got to hurry up like you're a Victorian person doing a quickie. I could just hear the 60 seconds timer in the background. I know. And then undo your corset. Undo your corset. And here in Chicago, like I have long johns and boots and all this other stuff. So I'm trying to get undressed. And then I have this weird quandary of is it underwear or no underwear? And I can't ask now because I'm naked. And then I get under the, the covers and I put it on and I relax and then I think they're going to come in, and then it's still like another minute or another time that they came in while I was getting undressed. So it's awkward. It's very stressful. So you skipped your massage? Was that the... I didn't skip it. I went through with it, but... Okay. Uh, he ran out naked. He couldn't decide. Just those left. two minutes are the uncut gems of the massage world. Okay. Well, I'd like to apologize to our guest today, who's uh, going to be joining us over Skype. It is Bailey Hildebrand. How are you doing? Second appearance on the show, I believe. Hey, how's it going? 
Oh, we're great. You're a cruiserweight uh, champion of the world, so we appreciate that. And you're from Atlanta, so how you doing out there? It's great. You know, we have a 40-degree weather right now, which in the south is technically freezing. It's acceptable. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get through this hard, cold time. Oh, yeah, sounds like the end of the world yeah, down there. It sounds really hard. It definitely is. I'm, I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> well, uh, you have a game for us. We're, we're really appreciative that you've uh, written the game. Uh, you told us it was Office-themed. Is that right? I did. It's, yeah, Office-inspired, um, but luckily... It's not office questions. Um, each round, our each uh, question will be a uh, category that is an episode name. Okay. That sounds fun. It'll be fun for office fans and uh, fun for non-office fans as well. Sounds good. All right. So I guess me and Jeff are going to be a team. What do you want to be? Scott's Tots. How about that? Oh, that's the, the most mo- brutal Possibly episode. the hardest yeah. episode I don't even watch. know what that's referencing. We'll watch it later. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt, uh, I don't know anything about really about The Office, so any any names from you? I think uh, inspired by how cold you guys out there, we can be uh, Kevin's famous chili. Oh, nice. Kevin's famous chili. Oh, is that the meme where he like drops the whole thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, see, I know all the memes. They're going to get to know each other in the pot, Neil. <laughs> okay. And Jeff, please refrain from uh, saying that's what she said too many times. Only when it's appropriate. All right, so in honor of this uh, office-themed game, let's uh, let's do the Scarn rules reading, which we haven't used in months and months. How about that? Yeah, that sounds good. There's a whole crowd of people out there who need to learn how to do the cream. Well, my name's Sam Carr, and I'm here to say the rules of the game in a major way. First, you answer 10 questions, then that's the first round. Then 10 more questions, then that's the second round. Halftime bonus, swing round theme, that's how you be the cream. Answer 10 questions, then that's the first round. Then 10 more questions, then that's the second round. Bet on the final, 30 points each, that's how you be the cream. The cream of the crop! nice to dig that one back out yeah custom uh rules reading recordings are one of our patreon perks but we, yeah we need more so send us all you musically inclined people yeah, let's bring that back yeah well without uh, further ado why don't you take it away awesome so question one is in the category of basketball what city brought home the first nba championship for the 1946 1947 season thanks to a team that has since relocated okay we're locked in would be my guess, uh, Matt. How you feeling about you got this? A good, solid guess on this one. Yeah, I mean it's tough. Uh, my my knowledge doesn't go back that far. Uh, I'm thinking. I mean, it, it, he said relocated, so not the Celtics. Philadelphia had a team. Then they were the Warriors, and they got moved to like seven different cities after that. Some good logic there. Yeah, and because they didn't get the Seventy Sixers till the ABA, and then that came around. Um, we can lock in. You said you said you needed the city, right? Correct. I think I think we could go with Philadelphia. Cool. I'm good with that. We're just going with the uh, Minneapolis Lakers. Well, the answer is the Philadelphia Warriors. <laughs> nice, Matt. No surprises there. No. I, well, Matt's favorite type of basketball is where there's wicker baskets and they throw it underhand. Yeah. <laughs> Matt is definitely. He's got to climb up the ladder and get it out of there. Yeah, Matt is definitely the, the Kevin of this group in terms of uh, sports knowledge and uh, betting 
Acumen. Mm-hmm. And hairline now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, me too. Me too, man. Me too. All right. Question number two in the category of local ad. What Soviet leader appeared in a Pizza Hut commercial? Well, there was somebody in between Putin, um, I think. And who I just said, Dmitry. The guy right before. Dmitry Mendeleev? Yeah, right. That's the name that keeps popping into my head. Well, I guess that wouldn't be Soviet, would it? Right. Right. I was trying to think if there was someone after the name you mentioned. Okay, we're uh, we're putting in a guess here. This is pretty hard for us, so. Matt, I have no... uh, gauge on this question other than it was the 90s i'm guessing uh and they were known for like their weird cameos and whatnot so what's the name of the guy with the um the birthmark mm, i don't know is that the one reagan argued with was it gorbachev gorbachev yeah gorbachev so um he had the the birthmark i wonder if they made some sort of like pizza slice birthmark disgusting <laughs> it does sound but i just it's the 90s it's really so i just insulting too. <laughs> it is but i don't i don't doubt it because it's the you know so I don't know. Do you want to go with him? Yeah, sounds good. We're not going to come up with anybody else. So Yeah, we, we didn't have anyone better than Gorbachev, so that's what we went with. Well, that was a good direction to go in because Gorbachev is the right answer. Yay. Right. How about that? Nice. The one thing that we know is the I, correct thing. I presume it <laughs> yeah. didn't have anything to do with a birthmark pizza slice. We'll have to find out. <laughs> it's a great commercial. So question number three is in the category of blood drive. Mosquitoes are most attracted to what blood type? And um, I just need the letter. You don't have to go positive or negative or anything like that. So for me, it would be a complete toss-up since I didn't know it was a thing, Jeff. Yeah, that's true. Do I'm you have trying any... to remember if I have any insight here. So this one. Then. Yep. Okay. Yep. We're locked in. What do you think, Matt? I don't know much about blood. <laughs> yeah, I, I would think that um, with the prevalence of mosquitoes, it'd probably be the most popular blood type which i believe is o negative but it might be o positive i always get those mixed up so i think we just go with type o go with the o maybe yeah big o big o all right yeah we went with o and the answer is o great job sweet i was basing that on the fact that i get eaten alive all the time and i'm type o same here yeah I like these questions, Bailey, because I think you're building our confidence. I just have a weird sinking feeling that it's just going to come crashing down soon. <laughs> it, it might. It might. Um, question four is in healthcare. In the mid-20th century, if a doctor told you the rabbit died, what condition are you being diagnosed with? Oh, man. The rabbit died. The early 20th century, that's what you said? The mid-20th century. The mid-20th century. So about the late 50s to the late 70s. Okay. Let's see. Late 50s to late 70s. That's like reefer madness territory. So maybe you're being diagnosed with reefer madness. Chasing the white rabbit? Okay. Yeah. Just as a a joke on the... Oh, could be right. Yeah. Okay. You're locked in? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Matt, anything on here? Um... Not particularly. I was thinking it might have been uh, like an STD just because they might not have said, you know, the names because it's like taboo in order to. The old rabbit's foot STD. Yeah, I don't know. So I just wrote chlamydia, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, it's not a bad guess. The only thing I could think of was just the Alice in Wonderland reference. Maybe, you know, the rabbit was um the messenger with the queen and and stuff like that maybe it's something to do with like the nervous system or the messages from the brain to the to the body dementia then 
That's possible. Um, he, he was always running late, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it, like something. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm fine with going chlamydia. It's always a good answer. I, I, I liked. I think I like dementia better. Dementia. Think, okay. I think your idea was better. Okay, we'll go with dementia. So and Jeff hastily wrote down. Right. So based on the idea that rabbits breed uh, a lot and quickly, we guessed impotence. Okay. So uh, some of y'all were dancing around the right answer. Um, it's actually pregnancy. Mm. And the reason for that is um, there's a hormone produced during pregnancy that finds its way into urine. Um, and so the urine was then injected into a rabbit. And a few days later, the rabbit would be killed and dissected so that its ovaries could be studied. If the ovaries were deformed, that meant the hormone was present and the patient was pregnant. Um, so that was a euphemism. The rabbit died, but the rabbit always died uh, when they dissected it. My God. Wow. <laughs> that is what a dark corner of medical history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was so recent. I was not ready for that. You like walk down the hall, like Dr. Jeff's on the right doing lobotomy, his Ken's on the left killing rabbits. <laughs> now, uh, Neil, are you having second thoughts about your Haas and Pfeffer lunch that you prepared for yourself? Or As I pull the hairs from my, my lips, I am a little bit. <laughs> I prefer my Haas and Pfeffer fully, fully uh, furred. <laughs> Gross. Uh, so question five, uh, the chump. For more than 80 years, an elaborate hoax robot, the Mechanical Turk, fooled royalty, politicians, and other notable figures as he engaged in what activity? We're locked in. Hmm. Have you ever heard of this, Matt? I have not, no. A hoax robot? As a robot myself, I would think I would know more. It looks really creepy, too. It's really cool. Mm. I have no idea. I, I don't know why I was thinking of Nutcracker, but I don't know why that would fool anyone. Yeah. And I was thinking uh, like chess playing or I don't know. Oh, that's yeah, that's not bad. I mean, some sort of game. Yeah, because he could play, you know, not in person. But um, yeah, I, I like that. It's either that or Zoltar. So maybe we should go with chess. <laughs> yeah, chess. Sure. Playing chess. And we are going with fortune. No, I'm just kidding. We're going with chess. Awesome. What a great pool, guys. It is chess. Um, he uh, played uh, Benjamin Franklin and beat him. He played Napoleon Bonaparte. Um, and they believed it was an actual robot that was playing chess against them, but it was actually a chess master inside the machine. That's so weird. But the, w the way that the machine worked was almost as cool as the idea of an AI playing chess. Right. Like mm -hmm. it, was that, it was very complex. Oh, wow. It was very cool. Looks like we have uh, 30 points over at Scott's Tots, and you guys are pulling 40 points. Mm -hmm. 40, yeah. Kevin's famous chili. Awesome. So moving on to the next round, uh, Booze Cruise. Although cleared of charges in 1990, Joseph Hazelwood is best remembered for his involvement in what infamous drinking and boating workplace accident? I have an idea. Great, yeah, because I have nothing. So, what do you think about um, like the Natalie Wood thing? Hmm. I don't think that was an accident, but well, maybe it was an. I don't know. I wasn't on the boat, so I don't know any other like drinking, boating, workplace crossovers. Right. I mean, I know some boat crashes, but none of them that I can think of were drinking related. All right. Let's say the Natalie Wood uh, murder, accident, disappearance, whatever you want to call it. 
uh, Matt, I don't, this isn't going to help, but I, I just sprung something in my memory. Um, when I was studying in London, we had a booze cruise like before I left after we studied or whatever. And uh, I have a picture of it. I should post it here. But anyway, it's me with my friend uh, and roommate who ended up being on The Real World. And I have that clattering that, that I talked about. Yeah. And uh, I realized I looked at it the other day. I was on a boat called the Dutch Master, which is so weird. <laughs> so I'll, I'll post it. It's pretty cool. But what's your idea? Um, I think uh, around this time there was a there was a guy who was um, he was like a, a boat captain and he was drunk and he crashed and it was an oil tanker oh no and it and it it spilled a bunch of oil into the gulf of mexico i think uh something around there i'm not 100 percent sure but i think he was he was a drunk captain who crashed his boat and (laughs) spilled a bunch of oil I, i like that i think that's a good good answer let's go with that joseph hazelwood was the captain in the exxon valdez oil spill Give him credit. Yeah, I think so. It was an oil spill, so. Was he drunk? I don't know. Maybe. Well, um, about 10 hours later, he was breathalyzed and he was legally drunk. But then in 1990, witnesses came forward and said he wasn't drunk at the time of the accident. He was still drunk 10 hours later. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why you would go out drinking right after. Uh, well, you want to forget that, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Like we tested him three days later and he was still drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so question number seven is Scott's Tots. Hey, we better get this one. Yeah. The first successful temporary insanity defense in a U.S. murder trial was used by Congressman Dan Sickles when he was on trial for killing his wife's lover in 1859. The victim was the son of what patriotic poet? Oh, I think I got it. All right, we're locked in. What are you thinking here? Well, it's it's Scott's Tots, which would mean child of Scott. It could be F. Scott Fitzgerald. That makes sense, right? It's the poet of, uh, right? Doesn't that make sense? Maybe. I, uh, I'm i trying to think of the, the timeline, though, because he, let's see. Wasn't Gasp- he in that cafe with you in the, in the 20s? <laughs> he was, and he wasn't that old in the 20s, so that's why I'm, he would have been a teenager by the time oh, yeah. this, this died. <laughs> Um, but he looked an awful lot like, uh, like a Norse god for some reason. Um, I mean, I'm fine going with it because I have no other better answer. I don't know if it was like a, uh, colonial French person. Scott Key or... Oh, Patriotic Poet. That actually, that's pretty good. That's probably who I was actually thinking of. <laughs> Francis Scott Key. Yeah, you're right with the Scott. That's actually really good. I'm glad you pulled that. Let's, let's go with that. Okay. Um, yeah. And famous for the poem that, uh, gave us the... Well, our national anthem. The overly long national anthem. (laughs) We said Francis Scott Key. Yep, that's right. The man murdered was Philip Barton Key, and he was the son of Francis Scott Key. Um, And And he got around. Yep. F. Scott Fitzgerald is um, a distant relative. Oh, really? Oh, really? So there's a connection. Yeah. So if you guys didn't know this, though, in the original uh, parchment that Francis Scott Key... Uh, wrote the lyrics for the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> <laughs> Neil's got a stupid grin on his face. <laughs> Let's see what he says. I was just going to say, uh, a lot of people don't know that there is all of the extra runs, all the pop stars add in there. The uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so they just it's it's in the original. Okay. I thought there was going to be a national treasure reference. Me too. I was yeah. Waiting for that. <laughs> at well, the top, it says written for uh, Christina Aguilera. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then. Uh, 
Oh. Yeah. Um, National Treasure 3, they're developing it, though. It's coming out now, for sure. Ouch. The writer of Bad Boys 3. <laughs> get get ready, guys, right now. That seems necessary. Get ready. National Treasure for life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait to see what Benjamin Franklin Gates is up to. Probably nothing. <laughs> All right. Question number eight, the injury. We need to steal the Liberty Bell. <laughs> it's too heavy. <laughs> let's steal Let's steal the Constitution. We already did that. Okay, let's go steal... The Statue of Liberty. There you go. And then they, they bring in David, David Copperfield, Copperfield. <laughs> <laughs> to rotate a platform and get stooges. You guys don't understand. It's just mirrors. <laughs> All right. Question eight and the injury. Alluded to in paintings such as Henry Ford Hospital and the Broken Column, what artist started painting after surviving a horrific bus accident? I think I know this, but I need to talk because I don't know the name. Okay. Sounds familiar. Sounds like something I would have heard, but I don't. I don't I know this at all. Name. So we're just gonna pick a it's fine. somewhat American. contemporary American artist, due to the Henry Ford Hospital reference. Hmm. What are you thinking, Matt? Um, I think it's the the lady with the eyebrows. Oh, Frida Kahlo. Yeah, because I think there was a movie, and I remember that being part of it. Oh yes, I kind of remember that. Do you want to go with that? Because I think that's okay. Let's go with Frida Kahlo. Yeah. Yeah, she was in a like a body cast and part of that movie wasn't she mm-hmm. yeah yeah well we said uh hopper all right so it was frida Kahlo. matt is on fire <laughs> yeah she was um impaled actually and uh, her spine had been broken in three places her right leg in 11 places um shoulder dislocated collarbone broken um so yeah it was a very serious accident yeah yeah, I remember watching the movie in uh, the one art class I took in college like a million years ago. Hey, there you go. Hey, it's worth something. Mm-hmm. Ten points. Not however many thousands of dollars you paid. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, was community, that was community college, so it was like 20 bucks. So I'm good. <laughs> nice. Pretty cool. All that uh, great art came out of uh, some unfortunate pain, though, which she was able to share it. Yeah, exactly. Um, question number nine is in the Dundies. <laughs> the Emmys is basically like the Dundies of TV, right? Well, what was the last sitcom with a laugh track to win an Emmy for Outstanding Comedy? Yeah, we're good. Did The Big Bang Theory ever win? It won Best Actor, but I hope not. If you right, if you go, if you start going back past that, like The Office is like the cutoff for shows without a without a laugh track, right? Isn't that when it kind of starts? Yeah, the single camera stuff, yeah. His Modern Family, Parks and Rec, they don't. Right. I mean, Arrested true. Development in 03 with the mockumentary style kind of kicked I mean, Frasier was a was a titan in those awards. I don't know if like the last season it won and then it started going single camera stuff like with The Office and whatnot. Yeah. But Big Big Bang Theory, I, I, almost, I almost feel like it's a random show too, like Mike and Molly or something like won it randomly. But that would have been like a Golden Globe. CBS is the only channel that's still like lagging behind and still doing that. Three camera. Yeah. 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 Left track. Yeah. Uh, then let's go, Frazier. Frazier. Okay. Ma. Oh yeah. Dab. <laughs> Raymond, I can't believe you didn't know we won the Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go with uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. That's correct. It's Everybody Loves Raymond in 2005. Answer courtesy of Jeff. Impressions courtesy of me. Hey. Ma. Yeah. That's like- I'm hungry. It was still on in 2005. 
I always forget about that show. Deb Kankurakura. Yeah, I think it was its final season. I cannot believe that. Isn't that crazy? Uh, I'm glad he's doing like some cool little dramatic roles now and stuff. My daughter's sick. <laughs> <laughs> Wild Hogs 3. or Riveting. The Wild Hogs cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> the Hogverse. <laughs> the hog, the hog verse, yeah, and then instead of Infinity War or Endgame, it's uh, it's the colonos- colonoscopy, excuse me, mm. <laughs> the colonoscopy, because it's Colin Jost. That's why. <laughs> All right, question number ten: the fire. Although fires on the Cuyahoga River were not uncommon, the 1969 fire sparked a nationwide outcry for environmental regulation that ultimately led to the formation of the EPA and the Clean Water Act. In what U.S. state? Is the Cuyahoga River? We're locked in. Yeah, and we're also very, uh, very glad that all of our environmental issues have been solved thanks to the EPA. Right, many years, many years ago. Cuyahoga, that sounds really familiar. It sounds like it's an East Coast thing, like uh, Maryland, um, DC, mm-hmm. Virginia, something like that. Maybe Virginia. I don't know. I don't know why I think I've heard it on the West Wing. I could be. Com- it could be a complete West Coast thing, like <laughs> Washington State. <laughs> You've heard it on the West Wing, so. Uh, we can we could stay in the East Coast. Uh, do you think you said Maryland, right? Was that one of the first ones you said? Yeah, Maryland, Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, there's some turmoil on the Cuyahoga. Uh, Senator uh, <laughs> Senator Johnson bribes his cleaning person. I don't know <laughs> the lobbyist, the anti the lobbyist, right? Environmental uh, lobbyist, the Lysol lobbyist. Yeah. Um. That's fine. I was thinking actually like Wyoming. Like I was thinking the other way. Oh, I mean that's let's you're on fire today. So let's go Wyoming cuz I'm talking about a Lysol no, lobbyist the, the Cuyahoga who Cuyahoga was on fire who uh, three times who, who uh, fulfills 99.9% of deals. Okay. Um yeah, let's do that. Wyoming. Did you know this one before I wrote it down? Can't remember. Okay. So um Funny enough, my my inroad to this, the first time I knew about it, was uh, it's actually in a reference uh, in an original song written in the first season of 30 Rock. Uh, <laughs> they joke about how lovely the Cuyahoga is as mm. Liz and her boyfriend flee to the Cleve uh, because the Cuyahoga runs through Cleveland. So this would be Ohio. Yeah, that's correct. Ohio. Thank you, 30 Rock. <laughs> was that on Drew Carey? Maybe that's where I heard it from. He was in Cleveland. I know, but it's in Ohio still. Okay, after the first round, it is 60 for Scott's Tots and Kevin's Famous Jilly, cooking up a pot of 70 points. Awesome. So our midpoint today um, is inspired by uh, the episode where Michael Scott has to complete counseling with his nemesis, Toby Flanderson. Uh, the episode name is Counseling, and we're going to be talking about psychologists and psychiatrists from film and TV. Oh, okay. That makes it easier. Whew. I was like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> So, I'm going to give you um, the name of the psychologist or psychiatrist and a date range, um, if it's a TV show or a single date, if it's a movie, and um, you're going to give me uh, the movie or TV series that it's from, Uh, and the date range isn't necessarily the run date of the series itself, but the psychologist or psychiatrist uh, involvement in it so number one is tobias funke 2003 to 2006 and then from 2013 to 2019 number two is charles kroger 2014 to 
2002 to 2008. Number three is Jennifer Melfi, 1998 to 2007. Number four is Sean McGuire, 1997. Number five is Leo Marvin, 1991. Number six is Ben Sobel, 1999 and 2002. Number seven is Madeline Madden, 2006. Number eight is Amanda Reisman, 2017 to present. Number nine is Sydney Freeman, 1973 to 1983. And number 10 is Malcolm Crow, 1999. Okay, before we uh, go over our answers here, let's uh, talk really quick about TriviaCon. We're going to be making our way back out to Vegas for a Sporkle convention, right, Neil? That's right. Uh, if you don't get a chance to see us uh, here in Chicago at Geek Bowl, just that next month, uh, TriviaCon, April 3rd to April 5th, we're going to be at the Rio All Suites Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, where uh, podcast favorite Penn and Teller perform uh, every night. And uh, yeah, you'll get to see a live version of our game, uh, right, Jeff? That is correct. Yeah, you can win some money. You can uh, have a cash prize. There's going to be some other uh, prizes as well. We talked about maybe doing a Macho Man impression contest for a prize. So maybe work on those, maybe. And we're going to be betting that you'll be there. Ooh, I like that, Ken. I think the odds are forever in our favor. Right, Matt? Yeah, and I'm going to be uh, hosting a wrestling trivia thing, too. So all those wrestling fans, get out there. Because we're going to have... Uh, it's WrestleMania weekend, I believe. And there's going to be some wrestling trivia. So. All right, well, we're going to elbow drop these answers right now right is that's, that a thing uh people's the, elbow i'm gonna sharpshoot them you can do an elbow drop i mean that's uh, macho man's finishing move uh and uh for our we're gonna be at 3 p.m on saturday april 4th just for those uh attending so um you can uh come out 250 dollars cash prize uh, some prizes for first and second as we said and uh we'd enjoy um doing this and we'd love to see all of you so come say hi Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, we've delved deep into our psyches to come up with these answers, and uh, let's find out what they are. All right, so number one, Tobias Funke. All right, so for number one, uh, as Matt said, he's the uh, first analrepist. What? <laughs> I can't even say. <laughs> analrepist. Analrepist. Yeah. Uh, Don't Tobias, look at his business cards. Tobias Funke is in Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Also said Arrested Development. Got to be careful with that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was... Arrested Development. Um, 
Number two, Charles Kroger. Uh, we looked at the timeline for this one. The name didn't ring a bell, but we thought maybe it was Monk. Oh, that's a great guess. Matt, uh, you can take this one. as your guess? Yeah, I, we, I just looked at the time frame and thought, and I don't even think there's a therapist on the show, but there probably should have been, as Jeff was saying repeatedly. Uh, we said lost. Yep, Dr. Kroger is the patient uh, and helpful doctor on Monk. Oh, wow. Yay. Good poll. Great poll. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, number three, Jennifer Melfi. A character who I was always in fear for her life, uh, as she was the therapist for Tony Soprano. We said the Sopranos. Yeah, I believe that was Lorraine Bracco on Sopranos. Yep, Sopranos. Number four, Sean McGuire. Uh, we said in 97, a few years after being uh, left by himself for the second time, uh, Kevin McAllister needed some serious therapy uh, for Home Alone. It's not your fault, Ken. It's not your <laughs> oh, fault. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, we said uh, Goodwill Hunting. Yep, Goodwill Hunting. It was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like these apples. <laughs> all right number five dr leo marvin well that enthusiasm makes me think that we're wrong with silence of the lambs <laughs> <laughs> you need to take uh baby steps to the answer it's uh what about bob yep uh one of my favorite bill murray movies what about bob i've never seen that one and it's I was uh, doing the impression of when he goes to his doctor's uh, small little beach town and he goes to the town center and just starts yelling out, Dr. Leo, Marvin, trying to find him. It's a, it's a really funny, it holds up pretty well. It's so, hilarious. Yeah. All right. Number six, Ben Sobel. Yep. This is a movie that I watched for the first time this year for some reason and uh lucky i did let's analyze this slash that you're good you you're, you're good. good you're good uh, yeah that's what we thought too we thought it was uh analyze this you analyze that you you <laughs> yep analyze this analyze that number seven madeline madden uh this was a difficult one uh we assume it's a movie because it's just 2006 and i just put identity because i wasn't sure mm. Yeah, we didn't know either. Uh, I thought maybe this was uh, in Batman. So he said, Batman Begins. It is uh, The Departed. Oh. The Departed. Uh, Vera Farmiga. Oh, that's right. That's right. All right, number eight, Amanda Reisman. Uh, just a guess based on the years. Again, uh, we said Westworld. Yeah, I knew... Um... Recently, there was a um, therapist on Big Little Lies, but I wasn't sure, um, and we just knew there was one there, so we said Big Little Lies. A wonderful pull from uh, Neil's team is Big Little Lies. Wow. Oh, I feel less bad now. Yep. I haven't seen that one. Uh, number nine, Sydney Freeman. Yeah, Jeff looked at the years on this one and said, what about MASH? Mm -hmm. uh, similar thought process over here said mash that's right it's mash yay good job jeff that was all you matt good. nice nice job on that was that the robot in futurama that just keeps flipping between like maudlin and irreverent <laughs> yeah <laughs> and number 10 malcolm crow 
Uh, this one, we weren't sure. Uh, we figured we were going to be eating crow. What we knew was 99, a lot of great movies. And we just said, uh, maybe it's Fight Club. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that Neil didn't know this one. I kept uh, trying to tell him the answer, but he wasn't responding to me because I'm already dead. It's uh, mm. Sixth Sense. Yeah. Yep, it's the Sixth Sense. Mm. Didn't even think of that. Awesome. Well, y'all did really well in that round. Following the swing round, Kevin's famous chili has increased the flavor magnitude to 105. Scott's tots uh, fallen a little behind with 90. Awesome. Close game, everybody. Uh, now getting into the second half uh, in the category of dinner party. The great-great-granddaughter of what woman wrote Higher Etiquette, a guide to the world of cannabis from dispensaries to dinner parties? Should we just take a guess here, Jeff? Um, yeah, something along those lines. All right. We're going to lock in with a guess. So uh, my first thought I was thinking was like Julia Child, but it can't be, you know, great, great granddaughter, right? So it's, it, you're looking at somebody from the late 1800s, probably. Uh, yeah, what's that famous etiquette book? Like Miss Brown's? I can't remember. Miss Brown? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody. I don't. Somebody oh. famous for manners, right? So you're looking at. Oh yes, it's the manners. Yeah, I. Oh man, I. It's like on the tip of my tongue. Maybe we should just go with like um, no, not Mary Todd. Go with um, a lucky, lucky last name, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like John. Um, what's Anthony? Susan? No, it wouldn't be Susan B. Anthony's great. Go with great a lucky Bierce. A lucky Bierce. <laughs> Smith, Anderson. Smith, yeah, Smith. Whatever you want to go for. Smith. Okay, we're going to just say uh, Jane Austen? No. Well, it was actually uh, Emily Post who wrote the uh, the original etiquette Bible. Oh. I knew it had to do something with that. I just didn't know the name. Yeah. We knew what it was. We just didn't know anything else about it. <laughs> you weren't going to get a lucky post, I don't think. I don't think so. Uh, Cody Parkey got a lucky post. <laughs> An unlucky <laughs> post. So did Spielberg. That's right. We'll edit, we'll edit in post. It's fine. <laughs> and Jeff Bezos. Awesome. The next question is um, in stress relief. In physics, stress is defined as force divided by what? I can't read your tiny handwriting upside down. Yeah. Okay, we are um, trying to recollect our high school physics classes, and uh, we came up with a thing. It's going about as well as our high school physics yeah, classes. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I got an A, or oh. maybe a B. Now, Matt... I uh, didn't understand it, but I, I, you know, I got away with you it. You did the homework? <laughs> did the extra credit? I got away with it. Let's put it that way. Uh, Matt, do you have uh, I'm, I do, and I'm not a science man, as you know. Um and I don't know much about physics, uh, but I just thought Neil it's... Neil is actually mixing some liquid with uh, beakers right now. I, I, <laughs> I think am. it's just coffee and water, Actually, that's though. an Erlenmeyer flask. Chlorophyll. Oh, my bad. More like borophyll. Um, <laughs> uh, I I don't know why. I just feel like force may be divided by resistance. I don't know. That kind of sounds like my a physics thing. was also resistance, because I think stress is the pressure put on something before it breaks, so the force... Divided. I know a lot about this, actually, in my personal life. <laughs> yeah, we, we all deal with this formula quite a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. You thought about that, too? Because mm -hmm, resistance would be a, a measurable unit that you can divide 
force by. So I think resistance makes sense. So we can lock in with that. I agree too. Now, if you multiply force and resistance, you beat the empire. But in this case, we want force divided by resistance. And we said uh, divided by area. Well, one team is getting points. It is area. Oh. For a second there, Bailey, you made me think I was smart. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> resistance is a, an electrical term. Is it? Yes. Okay. Akadaka? I'm, so, I'm kind of surprised that we got it. It makes sense, but I'm still surprised. I'm not. <laughs> we figured it out. So the next category is in dream team. Large enough to sleep your entire dream team, what U.S. state is the namesake for the largest mattress size commercially available in the U.S.? I think I know this one, Matt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we're locked in. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think I think we're okay. I think this is what I'm going to be sleeping on when I come visit you. Yeah, I'm pretty familiar with the California Kings. A California King. Uh, yeah, we said California King. Well, they're actually two sizes larger than the California <gasps> Kings. Yeah. Wow. The Utah Mega <laughs> Bed. The Utah Mega Church. <laughs> <laughs> There's um the Wyoming, and then the biggest is the Alaska. Ooh. Wow. I thought. Alaska is just a dessert. Yeah. This is this could be the biggest twist in triviality history. Mm-hmm. The Alaska, what is it called? The Alaska. Yeah, something? the Alaskan uh, king. Frontier. The Alaskan king. <laughs> Which sounds like the new season of True Detective or something. <laughs> All right. So our next question is in the category of Niagara. Of the three main falls at Niagara Falls, which is the largest in terms of both height and width? We're locked in. We were there. Um, you were there. Yeah. Yeah. At 3 a.m. on a very, very cold morning. Perhaps illegally. Probably not. We did we call asked. the park service and tell them we were going in. So, so it's fine. Uh, I don't remember the names, Matt. I, I feel like um, Jeff was there and he was like, he's like, oh, you know, we're American. We're on the American side. But in reality, it's better on the other side. I like the Canadian side better. Yeah. yeah. And we couldn't get there. So I don't know if there's a specific better name healthcare for that. on the Canadian side. Right. Yeah. I think it's the Canadian side. I don't know what you'd call that. I have though. commercialized the crap out of their side, though. Um, what are we looking for, Bailey? Like, is it a certain name? It is. And um, it goes by two names. Mm. And you said it's it's Canadian and it's commercialized. So the Tim Horton fall. Yeah, I'm good with that. Fine. Uh, we said Horseshoe Falls, which I think is the name of the largest one. Based on shape. Yes. That's correct. It's the Horseshoe Falls are the Canadian Falls. Mm. Uh, Matt, our luck is drying up here. We have no horseshoes left. <laughs> All right. Our next question is um, one of my favorite Office episodes, Mafia. <laughs> when 3-6 Mafia won the 2006 Academy Award for Best Original Song, what fellow nominee congratulated them by saying, we're so proud of you guys, and I'm just glad that the Oscar came back to Tennessee one way or another. The thing I like about this one is that right after they won, uh, John Stewart said, 3-6 Mafia, one. Martin Scorsese, zero. But that was good, <laughs> at yeah. at the time, Martin Scorsese hadn't won an Oscar for directing her uh, best picture. Neil looks like he's struggling, but I have an idea. What do you think? And I do have one idea. So said bringing it back to Tennessee, um, most famous person in music from Tennessee, probably Dolly Parton. 
That was my guess, actually. Yeah, and I think I remember her being nominated for an Oscar at some point in that time period. All right, and we are going to say it was Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga with their faces really, really close together. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was everyone's favorite lady, Dolly Parton. Nice. I'm glad we're on the same wavelength. Mm -hmm. After the first half of that round, uh, Kevin's Famous Chili, 115, and Scott's Tots, 110. So it's getting a little closer. All right. And our next category is Secretary's Day. What Secretary of State survived an assassination attempt on the same night that Lincoln was assassinated? Oh, I read about this. I know. I've heard this, too, and I'm not going to get there. I'm not either. Because he was that under the next well, president. So, Yeah, that's good with me. Okay, we're locked in. Maybe generals around that time or something like uh, Grant or... Uh, that's the only one um, I can think of. Grant was a Secretary of State right before he became... Possibly. I just know he was... Uh, Jared Harris played him in Lincoln. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, so that's your inroad? Okay, so Grant. Wow. Okay. Okay, so assuming... Um, Lincoln was assassinated, and then uh, Andrew Johnson took over the presidency, and everybody kind of stuck around. I believe, was it Stewart? Seward. Seward? Yeah. Uh, was the guy who acquired the Alaskan Territory under Johnson's presidency. And was so, that 68? Whatever. Like that, yeah. But we're saying Seward. Yeah, it is Seward. Wow. Uh, and he actually, um, he was attacked while he was in bed recovering from being in a carriage accident and the only thing that saved his life was that um, he had a neck brace on that was metal and so when the guy tried to stab him in the neck it was deflected that's why i wear a metal neck brace every time i go to sleep (laughs) and that that was actually the invention of the alaskan king he was in an alaskan king the bed was so large that the man just couldn't reach him but in time with the knife i felt pretty attacked in my bed myself when my alarm went off this morning so did you Yeah. yeah All right, so our next category is Suit Warehouse. Edna Mode, the Incredibles character who created their super costumes, was inspired by this costume designer who holds the record for most Academy Awards won by a woman. I can, we can, both Neil and I are picturing her, but we, we don't know, right? No, I know this, it's all, I, and I know this fact all the time, not like right now for some reason, I'm having a bad brain fart. We're going to tap we're just going to say no capes. You got nothing, Neil? No, I, it, it would take me a while. I would get there. I just, I, I always do know this one. I just, I can't yeah. pull it right now. As soon as you hear it, you'll be mad at yourself. Yes. We'll say uh, Bob Mackey, even though it's wrong. All right. And you are going to kick yourself. It is Edith Head. Yes. Mm. Ugh, man. Sorry. To who? Edith? We're to the world. <laughs> and to Edith, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Right. I know she's a big fan. And our next question is in the category of casino night. What president was so good at poker that he used his winnings to fund a majority of his House of Representatives campaign? Oh, wow. Trying to narrow the list down by thinking about people who served as reps specifically, if I can think of any. Because quite a lot of them are governors or generals or senators, yeah. usually first. I have I I have a idea about somebody. Yeah, that was where my gut went. I don't know if he served in that position, but I think he did, but I don't 
Okay. Don't know. Let's go with that. Okay. The first, right? Yeah. Yeah. Calvin Coolidge. Sounds like he'd be good at gambling. Very silent. Yep. Very. Is he religious as well? Yeah. I don't know. You have a, a good poker face. Yeah, I was going to say the song Poker Face based off of Calvin Coolidge. Uh, I'm good with whatever president you want to go with. Warren G. Warren G. Or, yeah. Wait, is that a president? Warren. Harding? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the rapper. With, uh, with Jerry poking around the corner, telling him what the other hand was. Yeah, I mean, he, he seemed like he liked the party. I don't know. And so. regulate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with Warren G. Harding. Okay. Uh, we're going with a president. <laughs> we're going with a president that's known for doing cool stuff, and we went with uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Well, uh, his poker opponents may have called him a crook. It was Nixon. Oh, man. Oh, that, that makes sense. <laughs> that does make sense. He's yeah. a rep for California? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. All right, and our next question is in the category of drug testing. The first athlete to be disqualified from the Olympics for drug use was a Swedish pentathlete who consumed what commonly abused drug prior to competing in the 1968 Olympics? He was abusing the poppy seed bagel. <laughs> <laughs> Just slamming the free buffet. Yeah. Are you locked in? Um, right, we're going to lock in with kind of a weird guess. How are you feeling, Matt? I have a few ideas. So I was thinking potentially like coffee. I was there too. Like, Cause it's the sixties, like the first person I was thinking, yeah, maybe caffeine. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, commonly abused, I guess it's, it's tough to, I guess, I suppose they could have argued that he had extra energy from the caffeine. It was either that or, or something like cough medicine or something that ha- would have had like an amphetamine in it, like a pseudoephedrine. Right. So cough medicine was my other thought. Um, I don't know how that would help your performance. Well, if it had like pseudoephedrine in it, it would like jack you up a little bit. Like, right. uh, you know, so maybe he just had a bunch of cough medicine or Ny- NyQuil or something and it just gave him extra energy as well. Like the crack. Cru- the crusty cough syrup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what do you want to start with? Um, I guess we could go. I mean, caffeine seems kind of funny because it was the 60s and like them outlawing that seems kind of outlandish. Yeah. Let's do caffeine or coffee, whatever. We also said caffeine. And the answer is actually alcohol. Uh, mm. He was drunk. Uh, yeah. Reportedly, he, ha- he had uh, two beers to calm his nerves before competing. <laughs> That's more wow. impressive then. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's not performance enhancing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the uh, event where you have to shoot the gun. So, <laughs> uh, and our last uh, question of the regular round is in cocktails. An 1874 prank involved patrons being sent bar to bar pursuing a man they believed to be slandering them. Although the slanderous man was fictional, you can still hear his name in any cocktail bar today. What cocktail is named for this fictional slanderous man? Oh boy! I'm just trying to think of cocktails that have names. Oh, this funny. round was not good right. for us. We're locked in. So the only name I can think of in the, in the cocktail world is Tom Collins. I also thought Tom Collins. That doesn't mean it's right, obviously. Uh... You're gonna eat those words, Tommy. I don't know. That's like some weird bar crawl people. 
But it, I mean, it is an old-timey name, too. Well, let's just go with it. Yeah, Tommy Collins. All right, we picked another drink named after a man, but with a sillier name. That might be fictional. We went with Harvey Wallbanger. Oh. Well, uh, in 1874, if you went to a bar, your friends might say, hey, do you know a guy named Tom Collins? Because he's talking all about you behind your back, and he's drinking at this place, and they would go to that place and ask the bartender, where's Tom Collins? And that bartender would send him to another bar and so on and so forth. And they really had nothing to do back then. Yeah. (laughs) The war was over. They're like, what are we going to do now? They had nothing to do but go bar to bar, and then one guy... Which is banging walls. <laughs> <laughs> and thus the Harvey Wallbanger was born. Some random dude named Harvey in the corner just rubbing up against a wall. <laughs> First oh, <egg>. no. <laughs> you know, Harvey Wallbanger, so you've seen the movie Harvey with, with Jimmy Stewart where he has an imaginary rabbit. The sequel is where he's just sexually attracted to Walt. Oh, yeah, that wall feels nice. Yeah. Hey, give me some of that wallpaper. Well, that'll end that round. All right. Uh, looks like it's 125 for Kevin's famous chili to 120 Scott's Tots. So it's all going to come down to this final round. What are our categories? Question one is going to be in the category of tight ends of industry. Number two is in the category of incalculable. Number three is doggy dog world. Number four, insurmountable. Number five, oaky afterbirth. All right, the wagers are now locked in on these uh, silly categories. So let's get the questions. All right. Number one in the category of tight ends of industry What former NFL tight end hosts a podcast called Wide Open in which he invites guests from business and entertainment to discuss success? Number two, incalculable. Named for the German mathematician that published the hypothesis, which famously unsolved mathematical problem concerns the distribution of prime numbers? Number three, doggy dog world. Of the seven groups of dogs that compete at the Westminster Dog Show, which grope, which grope, (laughs) I'm going to take that again, (laughs) (laughs) doggy dog world. Of the seven groups of dogs that compete at the Westminster Dog Show, which group boasts the most best in show wins? Number four, insurmountable. Gang car pensum, spelled G-A-N. G-K-H-A-R-P-U-E-N-S-U-M is the tallest mountain in the world to never be summited. And what mountain range is Gangkar Pensum? And number five, Oki Afterbirth. Found in giant forest of Sequoia National Park, what is the name of the largest tree by volume? All right, let's consider these answers and we'll meet back up. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. 
The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. All the answers are now locked in, so let's get to the questions one more time, see how we did. All right. In Titans of Industry, what former NFL tight end hosts a podcast called Wide Open, in which he invites guests from business and entertainment to discuss success? All right. For a big zero points, me and Jeff put uh, Gronk. <laughs> we, we wagered 15, and I would love to hear a Gronk podcast. Uh, this is a man who found himself wide open quite a bit as he has, I think, one of the most touchdowns for a tight end, uh, Tony Gonzalez. Yep, it is Atlanta Falcon, Tony Gonzalez. And Chief. He played a couple of places. Yeah, but we, yeah. we I know, you know. <laughs> I didn't even take that. I didn't even think of that, yeah. The Atlanta <laughs> connection. And number two, incalculable. Named for the German mathematician that published the hypothesis, what famously unsolved mathematical problem concerns the distribution of prime numbers? Uh, this is a mathematician who was mentioned once before on a, um, an episode of Triviality that I just edited and uh, one of the only mathematicians I know, and we put Euler. Wow. Um yeah, we that is very far off from what we put. Uh, we weren't sure. We just uh, knew that Schrodinger sounded German, and we thought maybe he was maybe more than physics, so we said Schrodinger. It is Riemann, the Riemann hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the Riemann conjecture. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's one of the, like, seven... There's, like, the Millennium Prize or something like that. There's, there's like, seven unsolved conjectures that they have, like, mm-hmm. a lot of money on the table if people can solve All right, them. so we took a 20-point hit on that one. We wagered 15 on that one, so back even in the category of doggy dog world of the seven groups of dogs that compete at the westminster dog show which group boasts the most best in show wins yeah we couldn't honestly name the groups even uh we wagered 10 and we put terriers uh we wagered 15 and after one of my favorite shows we said terriers it is the Terrier. It's not even close. They have 46, and I think second is the second group with the most has like 18 or something like that. Wow. Yeah, they're cute, cute dogs. Um, number four, insurmountable. Gankar Pusam is, a lar- is the tallest mountain in the world that has never been summited. And what mountain range is it? 
Uh, for another 10 points here, we put the Himalayas. Yeah, for another 15, we didn't know too many mountain ranges. We thought this might have sounded like it could be around the uh, Thailand area. Uh, so we said Himalayas. It is the Himalayas. All right. And our final question, an Oki afterbirth. Found in giant forests of Sequoia National Park, what is the name of the largest tree by volume? For our last 10 points, we put the General Sherman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wagered 15. Uh, we know Sherman Oaks are biggest trees, and this one's named after General Sherman. Yep, another um, Atlanta uh, nod. It is General Sherman, which I believe it's a uh, giant sequoia. Mm-hmm. Okay, after the final round, uh, we over at Scott's Tots gained a measly 10 points, whereas uh, Kevin's famous chili mixed those uh, chili beans and ground beef and peppers up in a pot and it's it's delicious and i hope you don't spill it all over the carpet but it, you got 170 points so you're the cream of the crop i am the cream yeah the cream of the crop great game matt matt carried us the first half yeah matt was pretty pretty on fire here today not not the second half but yeah some of the first <laughs> half I, I knew somehow it just came to me so felt good good job matt that was a fun game, Bailey. Thank you for putting it together yeah, for thank us. You. Yeah, it was fun to write. Anything new in your world that we should know about uh, as uh, we bid you do here? Uh, not particularly. Um, wanted to shout out to my mom, my pa, and to my husband, David, who helps make my life easier every day and helped with uh, some of these questions. Thank you, David, as well. Yeah, thank you, David. All right. Well, that'll bring us to the conclusion of today's episode for Matt, Jeff, Neil, and myself, Ken. That was Triviality. Wallace, Wallace, warm. <laughs>What were we at before 60? Yeah, sorry. Of 90. 90, and you guys are at 105. 105. One moment, please. Whiff. Whiff. <laughs> Did it go in? No, nope. no oh. way. I can't even see it, but I know it didn't go in. <laughs> <laughs> Felt it from LA. The, the, the cursed, uh, the cursed, the cursed can, can is it makes back. Makes its return. All right. Uh.